Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely self-aware, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Jonah, I feel like you and I recently have been digging back into a local newspaper that we always subscribe to as kids, or our parents always subscribe to, and that is the Cleveland Jewish News. Yes. Cleveland Jewish News, you know, not super religious, but for some reason I started just kind of checking it. And now I check recently. it all, recently. And now I check it and it's like people we went to high school with who are like opening restaurants. Or it's like someone building a house that they think is going to actually be like a mini synagogue. Right. And it's like, it's all of this kind of like Jewish controversy. And I'm loving it. And you're absolutely loving it. And just to give some context, this is the paper that has stories about like local Cleveland Jewish people and or like where you would put an announcement of like, there's a page of like everyone who's getting bar and bat mitzvahed. There's a page of everyone who's getting married. It's kind of like where all the Jews go to sort of dish. Once in a while, okay, I'll say it, Jonah, will an article be written about an extraordinary, you know, teen? Yeah. And is there an article in our parents' guest room in their current house framed called Vanessa's Victory? 
Yeah. When you recover from leukemia, they ran a feature. Yeah, on you? I guess I was a senior, and I had just so it talks about how I was prom queen, and I had bought my dress, and I somehow it came up that my dress was red that I bought. It was a laundry by Shelly Siegel dress. <laughs> I had picked this red dress, and it felt like very victorious because that was like the year that I was done with my chemo and all that stuff. And she took from that the author took from that a victorious dress, a victorious journey. Vanessa's Victory was the name of the article, which is now, God, I'm going to sound like such an egomaniac. It's now in our parents' guest room next to an article of me from the last year, similar pose, where I was, I guess, in the New York Times. Wow. That was about our show because I created it with our guest today. Yeah. I will also say this before we introduce our guest, which we will in a second, and I really want to hear if she had something, a similar publication growing up. I just want to say, I don't currently look into the Jewish news as much as you do, Jonah. It yeah. seems like you're always kind of on there scrolling for the latest news. But every time I go home to Cleveland, and I think you do this too, I ask our mom if she's saved the most recent edition of J-Style. J-Style is the Jewish news is like style magazine where they style all these people that sometimes Jonah and I know them from our high school, sometimes we don't, that are wearing stuff from local stores. And if you think I had any idea what Ticknor's was before, I don't think Ticknor's was there when I, it was at Beachwood Place when I was growing up, but they're all wearing stuff from Ticknor's. It's like Ticknor's is in on it or something. Wow. <laughs> sounds like it sounds like Ticknor's must be getting some really good advertising or maybe they're paying for it or who knows. But it's really fun to see people modeling and hear what they're wearing. And I absolutely adore J-Style. And sometimes our mom does save it for us, but sometimes she forgets. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest, please? <laughs> okay. Our guest today, we're so excited to have her here. She's a writer, actor, producer, and author of the best-selling books, You'll Grow Out of It and I'll Show Myself Out, essays on midlife and motherhood. But you might also know her as the voice of Jesse Glazer on Big Mouth or for writing on a million shows you love, such as Inside Amy Schumer, Transparent, or for being the showrunner of a little show called I Love That For You. Ever heard of it? Please welcome Jesse Klein. Oh my God. What an incredible introduction. And dare I say... I'm real honored to be here. Wow. Well, absolutely honored to have you. Thanks for having me. I know you grew up in Manhattan. Did you have a similar Jewish publication growing up? <sighs> you know, I feel like um, like when you're telling me about these publications, I can visualize them. I know what's in them. I want to read them still. <laughs> I feel like because New York City is New York City, like yeah. both the Times and the Post feel a little bit like Jewish publications. And I hope that doesn't right. sound like conspiracy theory fodder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, we didn't have like a like a, a local yokel, but I did in fact grow up in a pretty Jewy home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like what, yeah, it was, we had all of the sort of normal little, you know, Chagall posters and things like that in the house. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Did you have like a publication that shared if whose bar or bat mitzvahs were happening or what local Jewish people were getting married or anything like that? Or was that just sort of more of a word of mouth? That, yeah, I mean, I'm also, you know, old as hell. So, you know, it was still word of mouth, like town crier sort of situation right. going on. Right. Yeah. Although I will also say growing up, Oddly enough, most of my friends were not Jewish, even though I was in a high Jewish density population. Interesting. So you yeah. didn't have like the bar and bat mitzvahs every weekend in seventh grade? No, no, no. I'm one of the like few Jewish people I know who didn't. Yeah, I didn't go to a ton of them. And I 
controversially didn't have to have one of my own. Yeah. Yeah. And regret it to this day. I feel like it could have been a blast. We can still do it. We can actually take one day out of the writer's room or. Well, I always thought maybe I could be one of those like mature Jewish women who's <laughs> yeah. like, I'll do it when my, when my son does it. Oh, you could, you <laughs> could we'll do, do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that oh, my God. Fad. <laughs> was that a fad? That was something that was happening. I feel like I know in the last like, like five to 10 years, like I, I knew like Jewish women of a certain age who had not been bought mitzvah and were, and were like, I coming to their Judaism later in life. Right. And we're like, I'll do it with my child, which I, it sounds so annoying for the child. It does. It feels a little <laughs> bit like mom or dad, like, let me yeah. have my day. Yeah. Like, it's like when a mom is like also in a wedding dress at her daughter's wedding. <laughs> You're like, let someone shine. Feels a little bit. Give everyone their day. Well, Jesse, let me ask you this. This is something that I do that I don't know if you do. I think most people don't do this. When I like go on vacation somewhere, I'll start reading the local paper there and then I'll check it a lot when I'm not there. Like I go to Martha's Vineyard (laughs) with my wife maybe once every two years, but I check the news there like once a week and I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> up on like all of the local controversies. I'm reading all the comments of people arguing about like the Airbnb new bylaws. Or and- do you just want to stay connected with that Martha's Vineyard lifestyle even when you're not there? There's something about just having like absolutely something that doesn't <laughs> affect me at all, but 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 reading about all of these people's strong opinions about it that is just incredibly fascinating to me. I don't know. Do you have anything like that? I think this is maybe not something everyone does. I don't, I'm trying to think. I mean, I do have the weird thing of like, it's not quite the same, but you know, when you, tra- <laughs> when you travel somewhere and then you're like, you check the weather on your iPhone and you like add it as a location to your iPhone to be like checking the weather before you get there. And then I like leave those places on and every night now and then I'll just be like, how's the weather in that place I went to six years ago? I do that. Oh, it's 60 there. It's 65 here. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Why am I doing that? I don't know. I just want to know what it's like that's there. Similar, no, but that's what similar. What you do, Jonah, is very specific. And I like how you were like, <laughs> Jesse, do you ever do this too? <laughs> Checking the weather isn't the same, but I would say the level of irrelevance is, I would say, almost exactly Sure. Right. Like, what's the urge to do it? I don't know. Totally. I hear that. As you both know, I was recently in Australia and I kept checking the time. Like, I would check the time in Cleveland. I would, like, check the time everywhere oh, just because it was so fun to look at what time it was. I, you know what? Can I tell you, Vanessa, while you were in Australia, there were a couple of times where I wanted to text you. And then I was like, wait, what time is it in Australia? And then I realized I didn't know. And I also like couldn't, I couldn't be bothered to calculate it. And I could have just Googled it, but I was- Well, here's the thing. On your phone, you have a world clock thing, which I always forget about. And man, did world clock come in handy this time around. Basically, I do what you do with weather with world clock, where I keep that world clock in there. Just what time was it? And I'm going everywhere I've been in the past 10 years, I can find out what time it is and then just know it. What was, Okay, I feel like this could win maybe an award for like most boring podcast conversation <laughs> ever, but what was the time difference between Sydney and Los Angeles? It was 19 hours ahead in Sydney. So it was essentially the next day in Sydney. And I will tell you, 
it almost made the jet lag less because it felt like it was just like five hours earlier in Sydney. Interesting. Because it was five hours earlier the next day. Oh my God. I didn't even, that's like a real brain breaker. Is Is like what, yeah. It's so confusing. And the other thing that's crazy is I came from Cleveland. I went from Cleveland to Sydney and Cleveland's on East Coast time. So Cleveland's three hours later than here. So Cleveland's actually three hours closer in time to Australia, but it feels like it's eight hours different. It basically is something where it's like, it feels more different, even though it's more similar. I wish I hadn't just said that because I think I got it wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, now I'm going, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole about like jet lag when you make it almost all the way around yeah. the clock. I'm so bad with geography. I'm like, cause you go West to get to Australia. I flew from Cleveland to LA to Australia. Right. Whereas like, if you go to Europe, when I lived in New York, going to Europe, sorry if everyone thinks I'm such a- A sophisticated globetrotter? Jet setter? Jet setter. I think both work. Both. Like going to Europe from New York, you go like, it's five or six hours. It's like going to LA, you know, or California, anywhere you prefer. Going to Europe from LA, honey, you got to cross the whole continental USA if for my- Honey. <laughs> so, I mean, look, if you want to get into transcontinental routes, you're leaving me behind. I'm so confused. I feel like, yeah, I don't even understand. I'm not living the sophisticated jet setting globe trotter lifestyle. You are, Vanessa. This is a Manhattan born and bred, <laughs> and now she's a best selling author going to like events uh, for curated. I mean, if you want to start lobbing accusations, I'm going to just say when you went to the New Yorker festival, I did feel like that was the height of sophistication. Oh, thank you so much. Such an air of sophistication to the New Yorker festival. (laughs) I know, right? Well, I guess this is a group of sophisticates. All of us are just Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's with our long cigarettes. Guess who gave a TED Talk, Jonah? Jonah did. <laughs> Are you asking me? I wasn't Jonah? asking him. You Jonah gave a, gave a TED, TED talk? talk in Cleveland. I'm going to call it. What was a while ago? Maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. This is a sophisticated group. Wow. And I'm drinking a coffee right now and it's almost five o'clock. Wow. Wow. Because I love an Americano. How will anyone be able to relate to this podcast when it's just so filled with just the intelligentsia? Sophisticates. Sophisticates. All these sweet little sophisticates. Oh my God. Jesse, I have a question for you, which is that when you were a kid, because I know as an adult, it happened all the time. (laughs) But when you were a kid... Were you ever like in a local newspaper or or a national newspaper for anything? I was not in a newspaper. However, when I was in fifth grade, Sesame Street came to my school <gasps> and did one of those little like documentary segments. <gasps> you know where they would like in like they just have like little films about like kids doing stuff. And my fifth grade class did a class spelling bee. Oh, get ready for a big brag. I won it. (gasps) And so then they reverse engineered the storytelling because it's film. (laughs) And they like filmed me like studying for the I was all I'm saying is I was kind of singled out to be spotlighted because I and so then I was on Sesame Street and you can view this clip on YouTube. (gasps) Incredible. Oh, if you Google Sesame Street 
spelling bee i think anyway i'll send it it's put it put it on the website for the for the listeners and it's kind of like a mini doc about you because it sort of like shows you studying as if you like as if they didn't know yet that you were going to win correct correct and you can see little me with my ponytail and my bangs and my braces just blasting through a very easy spelling bee <laughs> yeah jesse what was the winning word you had to spell do you remember i believe it was uh, embarrass, which is very fitting. Embarrass is a tough... <laughs> That's a tough word. I feel like I still would struggle with that word. It was the hardest word for sure. I can't wait to watch it. And that's so exciting that they like came to your house and everything. And we'll just watch it for two seconds. I really am curious. Oh, there I am. There she yeah. is. That's her. That's little me. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, Jesse, This is incredible. <laughs> What's funny is that when I see these kids, I remember almost all of their names. Really? Wow. Well, that's Charlie. That's Bobby. That's Garrett. I don't remember their names. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have some friends in here. My friend Orange is there. That's my teacher, Diane. That girl's name is Daniela. <laughs> wow, you just spelled bus. <laughs> so it's some really high stakes stuff going on in here. I will also say, if you're looking at this video and thinking, this is an awkward little girl, I want you to know this is the best I looked for a really long time, and it was really straight downhill from here. Jesse, whoa. Wow. Oh my God, you're so happy. What a hero. All these kids are cheering for you. What an absolute It's absolutely explosive. Hero. You have a cool Amazing. little jacket on. <laughs> Jesse, so we're like Big Bird or anyone like that at this, or this was more just... No, no, okay. no. And I do believe that when they said Sesame Street, first of all, you guys are real heroes for indulging <laughs> that ultimately not very compelling piece of film. I thought it was incredible. Well, the thing is that's most telling when I watch it now is like, and again, not to ding my age, which I'm very proud of, but you're like, oh, this is like an old piece of footage. <laughs> it is like almost the same quality as when you see like videos of like, old New York where people are like on horse and buggies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. It's very, it's very shaky and old. I disagree. I think it's pretty incredible to see you victorious. And that's such a fun video. That's a great... It's nice that it exists. And I yeah. don't know who put it on YouTube, but God bless. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you did, but we didn't have like a video camera growing up. So we just have like video, like we have this one video of Jonah and I, when we were kids, like giving out our like contact information at the library for the police. And it was like this thing that they did because like kidnapping was like a big concern when we were kids. And so like the police, you'd have to go to the library and like share your information. So you like to say your name, your phone number, right, your address. Right, right, right. And oh it's like, God. and Jonah's so cute. He has these huge glasses and they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Jonah. <laughs> like, it's like so cute. But it's one of the only pieces of video footage we have from when we were kids. I feel like it's nice to have that stuff that you didn't... I know. Yeah. We didn't have a video camera either. So yeah, this is, I think maybe as they would say, the only extant piece of footage of me as a child. Yeah. I just always think about how it must be so different for kids now because they had like... Now that people have access to phones, there's so much video footage you can watch. To me, because maybe because we don't have that much, it's so interesting to watch yourself as a kid. Yeah. I mean, forget even video footage. I feel like there's not even that many photos of totally. me as a child. Totally. And now like, I have like 70 billion photos and videos of my child on my phone. Yeah. It's 
who knows? Who knows? Who knows how this will affect us all? Going to be great. <laughs> well, we're going to <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break. Ooh, okay, I just made supported. that up. Just made that up. Yeah, ad supported. Sorry, Jesse. This is the this is the big wings. Right back with Jesse Klein. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. Now, Jesse, we are really excited to talk to you today about a little topic. We asked you to bring in a little topic as we always do. Mm-hmm. And you picked Snoopy snow cone machines. I sure did. Now, why are those important to you? Okay, where to begin? I guess with the fact that when I was a kid, I would say I watched, I would come home from school and I watched about I'm going to say seven to nine straight hours of television. (laughs) And I don't think that's an exaggeration or an overcount. Because when I was a kid, and this will tap into whoever is in my demo, it came home and it was like DuckTales, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Facts of Life, Different Strokes, Benson? Then like a quick break for like just a silent dinner with your family, <laughs> and, like family ties. It was just like, you could just go, there's so much. Incredible. So yeah, there, that was all like just getting loaded in every day for years and years. And then the ad that I remember, there were so many toy ads. You're just exposed to so many of them, you know, one or two of them, as I like to say, like certain things get like burned in to your brain where it's like yes. death star to the core. And I just remember seeing the ad for that commercial. First of all, like Snoopy, big yes for me. So I'm assuming you picked it because you're familiar with it, but it's a little house. 
and it showed like kids are loading, you put like ice in it and then you put syrup in it and then you, there's like a little, what's this thing called? Sorry, COVID right? Like a crank or? A crank. There's a crank, crank handle that you crank and then out the back door of the house, it's making a little, a little like Italian crushed ice for you. And so, and then I also remembered the like last few notes of the jingle for it. I just remember it was like, son of a blah, blah. And then we go, Snoopy snow cone machine. And I was like, oh, it's everything I love. It's Italian ice. It's summer. It's Snoopy. It's a toy. I just like wanted it. I just wanted it so bad. And I think it was probably on the pricier end of toys. Mm -hmm. And I asked for it and we couldn't afford it or whatever. Here's the sweet little happy coda to the story. Decades later, I like mentioned to my parents, somehow we're talking at some point I brought up Snoopy Snowcone Machine. And I think for my 31st birthday, my parents got me a Snoopy Snowcone Machine. I think it still exists. Oh my gosh. It does exist. It was so sweet. Amazing. Yeah. It was invented in 1979. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This tracks. Yeah. You basically explained it. It's been around for more than 40 years. Perfect collectible gift for Peanuts fans and old alike. Peanuts fans. Now, I I don't want to ding the thing that I'm talking very lovingly about. And I really did appreciate getting it as a gift. It does not <laughs> does not work that well. Doesn't work that well, yeah. Doesn't work that well. I mean, maybe you know what? It might work better. I didn't have like the fancy fridge at home that like gives you crushed ice. Right. Yeah. So I think I was trying to crush like large trays. Yeah, ice cubes. and put it in there. Yeah. It's like a little plastic candle. It's not really built made to, for that. Yeah, to withstand that level of pressure. Did you have friends who had them? I don't think I had a friend who had it. It was just the thing that I felt like was like the most elite. Yeah. This is like the gift you're given if you're super, super loved. Like I wanted that more than like other kids. I remember were I remember the craze for like Cabbage Patch Kids. I was yeah. never like that horny for a Cabbage Patch Kid. You know what I mean? Did you have one? Or Same. That- I never really got into Cabbage Patch Kids. No. I, they didn't seem that... Yeah, I just never was like... You had this thing you were really into that like polished rocks or something? Okay, we never got it to work. One year for Hanukkah, I got a rock tumbler from the Nature Company, if you remember that store. And you were supposed to be able to tumble. I think rock tumblers are like a kind of common toy. And it's basically... I don't think it's a common toy. (laughs) I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, my kid is super into like crystals and gems and rocks. We have that in common. And like my parents bought him a rock tumbler. Like last year from, I don't know, it's made by like National Deer. I don't know who makes it or if it's the same one that you had, but it actually felt kind of, it was just very involved. Yes. Like I couldn't deal with it. So I was like, gave it to Asher's dad to deal with it. I was like, you figure this out. Yeah. And I just remember it like got plugged in. I thought it seemed like a cool idea. And I thought it was something that like it would go for an hour and polish a rock, but it was like going in this extra room in our house. And I was like, Mike, when is this going to be done? He was like, oh, it has to be on for three straight days. What? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, and then it was like never got finished. And I actually just two weeks ago was like cleaning out this extra room and the rock tumbler is still in there. I couldn't open it. I couldn't figure it out. I just was like, this is a bill of goods. 
I 100% remember us being like, okay, you just put these, it what looks like rocks that have like a, like the shiny part isn't showing yet. So that's why you right. put them in the rock tumbler. To polish. Because it'll get rid of the, for lack of a better word, skin. And you'll see the beautiful <laughs> rock underneath. Just okay. to polish. And by the way, so rude. I remember it said on the thing, semi-precious stones. And I kind of, I must've looked that up in our world book encyclopedia and saw like, oh, this means that they're, they're absolute crap. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about your rock tumbler too is that we kept it in the basement, which was like a not finished basement that was like kind of scary and just gross. And yeah. I'm surprised you remember that, Joan. I don't remember what we ended up doing with it, but it was like, yeah, you couldn't get it to work. It also could be maybe dangerous. Like you were sort of like, what's, yes. w- what am I doing here? And uh, yeah, I think those rock tumblers, if anyone knows of a company that makes one that isn't absolute garbage, uh, please, please, please. I think you're right. Those rock tumblers are a real bill of goods. It is a bill of goods. I literally just threw it in, but I also could not bring myself to throw it out. I'm like, what if I need this in the future? What if you so have just... beautiful semi-precious stones, semi-precious stones. <laughs> that you're just not taking advantage of. Jonah had friends growing up who had Snoopy's snow cone. What I was really into, I feel like I was sort of into those, but then I also kind of when I was too old, got into easy bake ovens. Like I was like a, a little too old for those. And I saved up money and I bought one. And then I remember being in my bedroom, like, and I made those little cakes you can make in them. There's something really fun about a toy that. where you can like produce food. <laughs> produce food. Yeah, yes. I really, you know what? I also remember seeing like the Easy Bake Oven ad. Now, here's the thing. And I really wanted one. Yeah. And there were two things that were three things. One was it produces food. Two, <laughs> well, maybe it's just the two things. But the thing that was also so appealing to me about it was that it had the little light in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a little light that's to on inside, which I like always, an oven light, like a little oven light. Yeah, and I always I mean, you know, like everyone else, I've always been very fascinated by a tiny, tiny light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my question. How did that work? How was that safe for children? I think it had super low power. And I think you bought with it like... Just a heater? Is it a small heater? It was like a mix you mix with water. And then you made one... Maybe there were a few different flavors, but one chocolate cake that was about like half an inch high. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And like maybe five inches in diameter. And you made that little cake. And I remember being like, well, I've on my own just baked a cake. Like this is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) But then you wonder if the heat is so low. Again, heat now is low enough to be safe. Is the heat high enough to be, I guess if they're giving you a little food, like I was just thinking food poisoning, but there must be no live proteins that could spoil. Maybe it's just some, I don't know. Now I need to do, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole about this. In my mind, you're essentially putting a packet of hot chocolate. (laughs) Right, right. Into a, a little dish, mixing it with water. And that's kind of the level I feel of cooking that's happening. Of cooking you're doing. So so part of me is like, is there even anything in there that's like you would get sick if it didn't that you would get sick. Yeah. Is it even really food? Probably not. Right. When you say you were a little too old for it, what age are we talking? Are we like twenty five? Well, I just 10? remember I was past the age that I don't remember really using it with friends. I sort of just bought it, saved up money. I'm going to say I was 
And I know this doesn't sound super old, but I'm going to say I was maybe 12 or 13. So I was sort of past the age. I don't know. I just feel that I bought it truly because I was like, I need to start making food. Like, <laughs> I need to start taking care of myself. I remember going to the toy store with like my dad or something. And it was on sale. I had saved up like $19.99 for it. And it was on sale for $16.99 or something like that. And I remember being like, okay, getting a deal. This rocks. But also, I remember the feeling of... Be- okay, Easy Bake Oven is great for ages eight and up. That, that tracks. <laughs> I remember the feeling of being at a toy store and I hadn't been at one for a long time because I was a little too old for them. <laughs> and I remember being like lightly like, oh, I don't know that I should be here. And then just being in my room kind of making the cakes by myself and being like, is this what I should be doing. <laughs> this isn't the picture that's on the box. <laughs> Just this a, moment a in life. Girl alone on in the box, room. there's these two little girls with bows in their hair. And yet here I am, kind of a young adult. Wow. <laughs> One is the loneliest number. Sounds like those cakes were a little bittersweet, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Jonah. <laughs> well, Jesse, I'm curious, like, do you remember this? Because I've tried to look this up online. I can't find anything. But there's a kid who went to our high school whose dad was an inventor. And I feel like there was a commercial for this thing he invented all the time. It was called the five minute ice cream maker. And it was like, you could make ice cream at home. And he came in and spoke to our class. And he was like, Whoa. you could really make it in three minutes. But because I ever and I can't find anything about the five minute ice cream maker online. And I'm concerned that I made it up. <laughs> But does this sound at all familiar to you or not? Was it for kids? Yes, it was for kids and they could like make ice cream somehow. And I don't know exactly how it worked. This does not sound familiar to me. However, it is triggering insofar (laughs) insofar as I know that people can buy an ice cream maker, that that is like an achievable thing, I guess, or people can make ice cream at home. (laughs) <laughs> something about me is <laughs> I love ice cream <laughs> same but I've I've always been like how that I don't understand these ice cream makers I don't like what I go yeah. I, what? I am so with I'm you confused. on that it feels like a laboratory retail thing that can only exist outside of the home Jonah what were you going to say because I'm going to go on for a long I've time I've shopped once for I... them before I have a lot of me and my wife Vicky have a lot of kitchen gadgets like we have an air fryer, we have a Vitamix, we have a soda stream. Okay. Right. City. Then there's some that are food processors. Then there's some that are a lot harder to use, like like the dehydrator. I was like, I'm gonna make my own wow. my own dried mangoes. Guess what? Turns out it's actually a lot cheaper to buy them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a lot easier. I would say maybe saving time and money. Yeah, and I'm concerned. And so the dehydrator is cool, but it's a big production. It takes a long time. And I'm concerned that the ice cream maker is like that. I'll get it. Be We'll be really excited. I'll make it. I'll be like, for the money and time I spent, I could just buy a pint of ice cream. It tastes way better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How much are we supposed to achieve in this one life? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is something weird about an ice cream maker, too. For example, when I'm watching a cooking show and they decide to make ice cream and they use the ice cream maker, you know how sometimes it really sabotages them? Yeah, I'm talking they, about on a hard. chopped or some yes. some show like that. And then they go decide to use the ice cream maker and then they're like, it's not coming out right. And I'm like, <laughs> if they can't even do it, but also, so many people on chopped have been derailed by like gloopy ice cream. By the cream ice cream maker. maker. But I'm also like, is that how ice cream is made? I don't I truly don't know the answer to that. And our dad's friend Ivan Platt created or he started East Coast Custard, which is a custard machine 
that he, I think, invented. I could be getting some. He invented this custard machine. It's a hugely popular chain of custard. Don't get it confused with ice cream. I was going to say, what are we, what hairs are we splitting? How did he invent that? And also, is that so, we should have him on the show. What's the difference between how that is made and how ice cream is made? I go, what? (laughs) I go, what's the actual way that ice cream is made? It's got to not be from one of those little machines. (laughs) Can I tell you something? When I think about how ice cream is made, it (laughs) I honestly get like an uncomfortable feeling in my body. Like I don't, (laughs) it's just for something that we love so much. And I I love to consume, like, it does seem just like it should just be something that is put in the freezer and frozen, but that's not what the process is. And I kind of know you know what? I know that the saying is don't want to know how the sausage is made. I don't want to know how the ice cream is made. How do you like that? (laughs) I love that. But I do also want to say, haven't you also seen people who are like, I'm going to make ice cream in my own freezer and they put ice in something and then they put salt in something and then they freeze it with like another bag of just like water next to it or Don't something. Don't understand There's it. so many ways to make ice cream, but I go, what is the standard way? When I'm going to my local grocery store and I'm buying a pint or a quart or whatever of ice cream, How was it made? How was it made? I think it's made in bigger batches and it definitely isn't made by one of those ice cream (laughs) machines that's, you know, messing people up on (laughs) top. But I just don't know. I honestly, I'm with you in the sense that I don't want to know in some ways, but in other ways, if there was a video like my favorite videos from Sesame Street to bring it back there of where they're making the crayons. Oh, we've watched that video of how crayons is made is obviously, I mean, one of a classic and one of the most satisfying pieces of film ever made. I could watch it forever and I could watch lipstick being made forever. I could watch. And if there was a video like that about ice cream, which I'm positive there's a million of them, (laughs) (laughs) I would watch it. Do you know what's also, by the way, just really quick, uh, watch uh, Google how marbles are made. Also very fun. Jesse, really quick. What are your thoughts on non-dairy ice cream? How do you feel about it? Ooh, I mean, this was a hot topic in my house just the other day because a friend came over and they brought like a million pints of ice cream and realized one of them was vegan and it was a mistake and he was furious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 it's it's okay. But yeah, like all the kids were just eating, didn't want to eat it. But then I got desperate enough the other night and I, and I ate it. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm a... <laughs> At the end of the day, am I really going to pretend there's something I put the sugar in and I'm not eating? Not really. That's how I feel. Fair enough. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse Klein. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, Jesse, welcome to the last segment of the show. And the most wild. The most wild. We're ticking our way through all of the most urgent topics. Okay, so now we're going to play a little game, Jessers, called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. This segment was inspired by a now defunct column in our local paper growing up theme of the show, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, there was a segment called Monday Moaning that we used to read when we were younger, where every Monday the paper would print extremely petty complaints that their readers had. We used to find them funny as kids, and they're even funnier today. So we picked three from their archives, and we're going to decide. They stopped doing this column about 10 years ago. So these are, from again, from the archives. And we're going to decide whether each one is a legit moan or an unnecessary groan. Oh my God, every pleasure center has been activated for me. Let's do this. Okay, great. Jonah, would you like to read the first one? Sure. So this one is from Medina, Ohio. And this one is pretty personal, I would say, for Monday morning. So here we go. I'm upset because my husband didn't even bother to tell my seven-year-old daughter to respect my... (laughs) (laughs) Respect. This is already really problematic. (laughs) Respect my birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? This one is kind of almost hard to read. He is so worried about his parents, whom she never sees. He makes sure she calls and takes her to buy a present. He's so worried about his parents, I think, birthday, whom he never sees. He makes sure she calls and takes her to buy sure. a present. I'm guessing for his parents. My birthday, dot, 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 nothing. <laughs> he slept all day and watched football. He promised to take her to the store for her mama and didn't. I should have been like his mom and demanded and made them afraid, right? Not my style. Another birthday for me? Who cares? Sad. (laughs) Wait, I want to make sure I understand this. She's upset her husband didn't bother to respect her birthday. To get their child involved in her birthday. Right. Her husband is so worried about his parents that their daughter never sees. He makes sure their daughter... She's saying there's no respect for her birthday. He didn't take her to the store. But for his parents' birthdays, he takes her to the store. He makes sure she calls. She's saying 
his parents get a lot more quote-unquote respect for their birthdays than she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, can I split my vote here and say that the style in which this letter is written is, for me, a real groan? Yes. However, underneath the groan, I do feel there is, what is it, a legit moan? Yeah. I mean, once you get to the dot, 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 I'm like, could you edit your letter, hun? These people love to never edit. Just edit your letter. But on the other hand, I will say I do have some sympathy for feeling like it is up to the husband slash dad to get like the kid to do something for the birthday. And I say this again as the mother of a seven-year-old who wakes up every morning and goes, what day is it? (laughs) (laughs) As if it's Christmas day, but it's not. Like they don't know where they are. It's his responsibility. Sure. Yeah. You should help this kid celebrate mom's birthday. She's working so hard. I agree. I agree. I think that's a nuanced take on it. And I totally agree. The part to me that I was laughing at is so funny. It's like, I'm upset because my husband didn't bother to tell my seven-year-old daughter to respect my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) This person is a terrible writer. (laughs) Would you be mad if like your daughter wasn't told like respect mom's birthday? Yeah, no, I've never asked anyone to respect my birthday. I think that what this woman is really looking for is for her husband to respect her birthday. Like, so let's not make it the seven. She is blaming it on her husband, but she's, what's the issue here? It doesn't feel like, it feels like then she gets into the issue, is which is that he promised to take their daughter to the store for her birthday and didn't. And then he's just slept all day on her it's birthday about and watched the football. Husband. It's about the husband. It's let's, about the yeah, husband. Let's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I daughter's more right. like a pawn. I think we could redline the daughter out of this whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. not say, her fault. I'm furious yeah. with my husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we crack that mutt. Okay, so I think we're calling this a uh, legit... Moan. Legit. Legit moan. Okay. Legit moan. Vanessa, do you want to read the next one? So people don't sign with their names. They're kind of anonymous. They just sign where they're from in Cleveland. And this person wrote Cleveland. Okay. My pet peeve is those people who fly seasonal flights. <laughs> oh my God, funny. this is already perfect. <laughs> my, my pet peeve is those people who fly seasonal flags instead of the U.S. flag, especially on the holidays. That's like slapping America in the face. <gasps> Wait, what? Well, we all know where this person was on January 6th. <laughs> what? I mean, what? Wait, what? So they're mad that just occasionally a seasonal flag is swapped out. Now, what do we think a seasonal flag is? Do we think it's like pumpkins or something? I'm picturing a flag with like a Christmas wreath on it or something. Sure, I sure. think anything printed on a flag. <laughs> That feels seasonal, like a springtime. Yeah. I don't know. I was confused what exactly a seasonal flag was. <laughs> it, <I'm... laughs> it feels like it's a flag that has more to do with the climate, like the weather outside, yeah. than with any kind of specific country or religion. Although maybe you're right. There are some that are more Christmas themed. I'm picturing this person driving by seeing like a flag with like a snowman on it and just getting super angry. But you know what? Here's the thing. When I heard the word seasonal flag, I thought that I understood what it meant. And Same. then as it started ricocheting around in my brain, as it will do for the rest of my living days, I was like, oh, the only flag I'm really picturing is like a gay pride flag, like a rainbow flag, but that's not really seasonal. I don't think that's what this person means, although it could be. I mean, I wouldn't put it past this person. Like, what is a seasonal flag? No, this person can't be trusted. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know exactly. Our producer, Olivia, was saying maybe a sports team or something. Like, maybe if your sports team is in the 
Super There's Bowl. flags like that say like "Hello Autumn," "Happy Mother's Day," "Trick or Treat," "Easter." In my mind, I made one up that says "Summer" spelled S U S U M M A H. Wow. I mean, I does think, that exist? I'm going to make it if it doesn't. I'm going to hang it in front of my house. I need so badly to sort of see who this person is and what became of them. But on the other hand, I'm also like, hopefully they're dead. I mean, this person would really be mad if he saw Jonah's bedroom growing up where he took the American flag we used to have in front of our house and hung it up upside down in his room. <laughs> yeah, I was a teenage punk, an upside down American flag. And we had a pirate flag on our, in the front of our house, which they would have yeah. lost their mind about. <laughs> Yeah. At one break when you were home from college, I think he convinced our parents to put on the like the flagpole that we used to have an American flag up to put a pirate flag. Oh my god! My neighbors were absolutely thrilled. That's so sweet that you guys had an American flag. We had it, but we would always forget to put it up, and then it would always touch the ground. Well, then I think it was in my room for like all of high school. And it was like taped to my wall. Yeah. I never asked like, hey, do you guys mind if I take our flag and hang <laughs> yeah. out? So it's like we kind of stopped hanging it because it was like we were kind of too lazy. Like if we were Christian, I bet we would have done the same thing about Christmas lights. Like I think we just the whole rigmarole of like getting the high, you know, we could we had a lawn that we had to trim and that was kind of enough. <laughs> But anyways, the point being, yeah, I think we just sort of forgot about it. And then Jonah f- found it in his closet and hung up. Isn't there also room. a bunch of like obscure rules around like handling a flag? Which obviously yes, that Jonah was the thing. doesn't care about seeing as how he was just desecrating it in his bedroom. But <laughs> it's like it can never like touch the ground. It's like the Torah. Right. Yeah, you're right. not allowed to let it touch the ground. And here Jonah is. Now, why do I know this? I lived in a small apartment. We didn't have an American flag. I don't know. I wonder if there are similar rules around seasonal flags. There was a big controversy. In fact, Jonah wrote a paper on this, which he, I think, maybe remembers. There was a big controversy when we were kids about burning flags. That was yes. like a big thing. And Jonah wrote a paper on it. Huge no-no. Consulted with our dad quite a bit. And Jonah wrote a paper where he agreed with the side of, why can't you burn it? It's just like a piece of fabric. Like, everyone get over it. <laughs> it's just a piece of fabric. I mean... I Remember your report. I would love to read this report. This is a real hot button issue for some people. And I'm going to say, not me. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's probably why you know those rules is because for some reason, when we were kids, that was kind of a big thing was like how How you're treating the flag. How you're treating the flag. How you're treating that flag. (laughs) How you're treating that flag. And Jonah... He was not buying into it. It's true. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and then we got had a pirate fly. So. I think it's safe to say that the writer of that particular letter is a um, monster. I think we're calling this a... <laughs> unnecessary groan, right? Unnecessary groan. Yes, this one's totally unnecessary. Groan. We're on the same page with that. This last one, this one from Beachwood, Ohio. My moan is about when people leave their shopping carts in the middle of the parking lot. (laughs) Why can't people take the extra 30 seconds to put their shopping carts in the designated areas located throughout the parking lots? I could not agree with this one more. I think this is a totally legit moan. I feel like I'm doing this and it feels like no one else is doing it. And to me, it's so easy to do. And I am just so on this person's side. Anyone else? What do you guys think? I agree with you, except for it's so easy to do. Because I will say (laughs) (laughs) there are some moments where you get to that. You're like, I just shopped. I did all this stuff. Unloaded the car. I think also, (laughs) I'm going to sound like a real baby. But in LA where it does get quite hot. (laughs) There are times where it's like, you know, I mean, do I always put the cart back? 
you bet I do. Of course. <laughs> but there are times where I'm like, oh man, I would give someone at least $5 Same. to do this for me. Yeah. Like I don't want to be doing this. It's taking every last ounce of strength I have. I always put the cart back. It makes me so mad when people don't because you could genuinely like scrape someone's car. You, you it, could those, do some real damage. You could do some real damage to the cars. But when somebody who works at the grocery store comes up and is like, I'll grab it. Oh, uh, I'm so grateful to that person. I go, this is an everyday hero. It can sometimes be so annoying to do it, but it's- It's the right thing to do. For the amount of time it takes. Yeah, you have. I feel that way too, Jonah, where I'm like, am I truly the only person doing this? It's so crazy how many people don't do it. I was just going to say- there are times, <laughs> this might be my version of like reading the local newsletter from Martha's Vineyard, but there are times where when I go to the store, I'm thinking in advance about how much I don't want to deal with putting that cart back. And then I will take a basket Same. instead because I'm just getting a few things. Inevitably, wish I'd gotten the cart. <laughs> Too many things. Basket gets so heavy. And I'm like, why didn't you just man up and take the cart? Same. I would actually say I subconsciously do that. This is the first time I've spoken about it because I'm hearing <laughs> well, you say it. that's what my presence does for people. I really <laughs> unleash like these deep, important things. Wow. Podcast exclusive. <laughs> I feel I do that 50% of the time. I just don't want to deal with the cart. So I take the basket and wouldn't you know, that basket gets heavy as hell. Heavy as hell so fast. Well, here's a problem. The other thing is that when you're trying to put the cart back, you know, it's supposed to go into the other cart. And I feel like that doesn't Never happen a lot. Do or you're using Never the wrong size cart. And that always feels very frustrating and complicated. Yeah, that is where I bail. That is where I bail. Because I go, this thing's not pushing into that thing. It's between the two. Like, it's in the barrier thing. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I've taken this as far as I can take it. <laughs> That is where I absolutely get right out of there. As far as I can take, Because yeah. <laughs> I go, I've taken it to its home. It's there. And I, I will be here all day if I try and push it into these other cars. <laughs> it's not working for me. I don't know why. And I, I don't care to stay and find out. Did you? Oh, my God. I've taken it as far. In the relay race of life, I am passing Le Baton. <laughs> Vanessa, I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on thinking about your summer flag. Oh okay, God. let me explain it a little bit more. It's all kind of pastel-y colors. You know, some people might say that's spring. So let's make it more kind of fluorescent-y colors. <laughs> Just kind of nice. It's kind of fun blues and greens. And it says summer in all caps in what looks like black paint. It looks like it was painted on with like a kind of a thick paintbrush. And it just says summer. <laughs> S-U-M-M-A-H. <laughs> I think we should. I would fly a summer, a summer flag. Yeah, same. But would you on a dare or you would do it? Like if you were getting paid zero dollars. Dare? Do what? How? I mean, just make sure Jonah doesn't end up hanging it upside down. Flipping it upside room. down. I was just thinking that. Yeah. So defiant. So defiant. <laughs> Screw you, Summer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take away from my idea that you'd have to only put that flag out if you were getting paid to do it or you're being dared or something. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just saying that I like your flag so much. I don't need to accept money for it. That's so nice. I was taking <laughs> away from it. I was lacking confidence about it. But yeah. A flag that just says summer. I think we've made a product here today. Oh, and also, I think we all agree that this is a legit moan. Legit moan. Oh, with moan the city. This is moan. the rare legit moan. Moan city. We had a couple of them today. That's yeah, pretty rare. Right. They're usually all crap. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my God, I'm enjoying this so much. Well, Jesse, I think that that's the end of the podcast, but we had so much fun. We'll have to have you back, obviously. I sure would love to return. This please. was so fun. I'm so glad. And can you please tell our listeners where they can find you? Oh, gross. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, oh. You have to say it. Okay, where can they find me? Um, My Instagram, which I don't do anything but occasionally look at Vanessa's Instagram, <laughs> is your acquaintance, Jesse Klein. But you can see me see Vanessa's Instagram if you want to go there. Yeah, that's where I am right now. And do you think people could probably read your newest best-selling book? Yeah, they sure can read my newest best-selling book. It's whatever your bookseller should be. And I believe that the paperback of the book, if you prefer <gasps> that, if you're someone who likes a lighter book like us who can't carry a grocery cart basket, I believe it is in paperback March 28th. I'll show myself out. I'll show myself out. That's the name of the book. Well, Jesse, this was so much fun. Thanks so much to Jesse for joining us and everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like the Snoopy snow cone machine. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.